and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome, welcome, everyone, and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I hope and pray that each and every one of you are in the best of health, best of strength, and most importantly, in the best of spirits. And as always, before beginning, I'd like to start by giving all honor, all praises, and all glory to Father God Almighty, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, because... Without them, I am nothing. But because of Christ Jesus, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, including this podcast, as well as this podcast episode, as well as this podcast series. I'd also like to take some time out real quickly to say thank you to each and every one of you who have listened by either hitting play or download. I just want to take some time out real quickly and just say thank you to each and every one of you. I also have to shout out to, I think I saw Kenya. Shout out to Kenya. And I don't even remember who the other, hold on one second. Matter of fact, shout out to everyone. The US of A, Germany, all those that tune in, but I I knew I saw Kenya this week and I cannot remember the other country that I saw. So please forgive me by the end of the episode. Hopefully it will come back to me and I will be able to give a quick shout out to that particular country and may God bless you and may he keep you. And thank you for stopping by to listen to the Words of Encouragement podcast. Okay, here we go. It was Germany. So Germany, the United States, and Kenya. So thank you guys, and God bless. Okay. So today is July 30th. Tomorrow is the end of the month, the end of July. We are approaching the new month of August in a couple of days. And of course, for many of us, the 31st is, mm mm-hmm. Then we know the first is right there, which means, especially for a lot of us here in the U.S., it's time to pay rent, that big old expensive rent. It seems like the cost of living and the inflation has, I can't even say double, it has like tripled. Be nice if the paychecks did, you know, the same, but yeah, you know, each state is different. But anyway, we still give God thanks, you know, that he has provided. So yeah, once again, today is Sunday, July 30th. And the temperature where I am at is currently 80 degrees. It's a little hot up here. Um, it's, it's a little hot. Yeah. So if you kind of hear the fan in the background, yeah, I do apologize, but yeah, I can't take one for the team. I'm sorry. It's too hot. And the time now is currently 7.27 p.m. and we still have some sunlight outside. So yeah, we thank God. Um, 
summer is rapidly coming to an end. It it just flew by this year. And I am currently sipping on a cup of tea. And it's the same thing that I had last episode, um, which is pomegranate, pomegranate white tea. And of course, in it, I have a cough drop. I have some homemade elderberry syrup for um, medicinal properties, as well as cayenne pepper and turmeric with some zero calorie sweetener, as well as some lime juice and also a slice of lemon. So let me just get a quick sip there. Okay, so yeah, hopefully you had a chance to listen to the last episode. Um, it did not get much, um, I guess, plays. I know um, it's a very touchy subject, but it is a subject that is biblical and it's real out there and it's very much pertinent, especially for the days that we are living in today. It is extremely important that we think about when we leave the face of this earth, where are we going? You know, we plan for our vacations ahead of time, our anniversaries, etc. So the same thing we are to plan for our afterlife. When we leave the face of this earth, where are we going? So yes. For the few of you that were able to catch the first part of this mini series entitled is hell. Hell, is it real? Um, I thank you. So today we have the second part and the conclusion of this mini series. And of course it is entitled hell. Is it real? This is part two, the lake of fire. This is episode number 129. And of course, also this episode, as well as this mini series is based on a recent study. My second, actually recent study that I did on the biblical topic of hell. So sit back, relax, grab yourself your favorite hot or ice cold beverage, and join me back here in a few minutes as we get started. So I will see you in a few. Are you looking to spice up your quiet time Bible time with the Lord? Well, guess what? I might just have the right thing to help you. There is nothing better than being able to spend quality and intimate time with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and in His Word. For many of us, this may look different from day to day. Check out my 20-piece digital quiet time Bible study bundle. It comes with six topical scripture writing plans to encourage and uplift you as well as to help you get into the word of God. So if you're ready to dig deeper or simply ready to give your Bible study a boost, check out my 20 piece quiet time Bible study bundle and other digital Bible study resources at Jahira print shop. The link will be featured in the description box. And as always, I'd like to take the time out to say thank you to each and every one of you. I do hope and pray that you will be blessed. listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast with yours truly, Arlena. Stay tuned. Okay, so welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Now I have reverted back to my 
old mic because yeah, I didn't feel like, you know, grabbing the new one and taking it out of the case and all that right now, since it's already 7.32. So I just decided to go ahead and record with my old mic, which is my Samsung Q2U, which is also a very good mic. So, yes. So let's just get on into it. So once again, welcome back to today's episode, which is, of course, part of a mini series entitled Hell, Is It Real? And of course, once again, this is the second part of my study on hell. And this is also the second study that I did on the biblical topic of hell. And of course, this is the second part, which more, excuse me, which mostly focuses on the lake of fire. So if you had a chance last week to listen to the first episode, if not, I will leave a link in the description box where you can go back and take a listen at it. Now, in the first episode, we kind of covered hell and the different definitions of the word hell. And of course, the word hell has several different definitions in the Bible. You know, you have Gehenna, you have Hades, you have Sheol, etc., etc. So if you are interested, you can go back and it'll give you all of that. I don't want to go back and do too much of a recap. But anyway, this is part two. So let us jump on in. So in our second part of my study based on hell, the main topic of today's part or this episode is going to be the lake of fire. And of course, the lake of fire can be found five times in the King James Version. Now, I want to share with you some, I guess you can say some notes that I was able or information that I was able to gather from various online sources and commentaries and stuff like that. The first one is going to be from the Blue Letter Bible app. And of course, the author of this is none other than Don Stewart. So I was able to pull out, pull out, excuse me, a few of his points. And this is what he had to say. The Lake of Fire, which is known as the place of judgment, which indeed it is. This is where the second death takes place. The false prophet and the beast are going to be the first two candidates to baptize the lake of fire. Well, I kind of reworded what he said. So a little bit, you know, I kind of pulled out some stuff and reworded it. But he was one of my sources. So basically, this is kind of me summarizing it up in other words. Once again, the lake of fire, known as the final place of judgment. And of course, this is where the second death takes place. The false prophet and the beast are going to be the first two candidates to baptize the lake of fire, followed by their master, Satan, and those whose names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life. It is also the place where death and hell will be cast into. Now, how do we know this? Because the book of Revelation speaks on this. The book of Revelation tells us about the lake of fire and the second death. And as far as the false prophet and the beast being the first two candidates to baptize 
the lake of fire. And then, of course, later on, Satan will join them, as well as those whose names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life after the white throne judgment. And also in Revelation, it tells us that death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. So for many people that don't believe that hell exists, hell does exist. Hell is just a temporary holding place. And then, of course, you have some that believe once you die, you are reincarnated. You just finish with you just, you know, disappear. Uh, maybe your flesh does your body, but your spirit doesn't. Your spirit lives on somewhere. Your spirit lives on in a temporary holding place, be that heaven or hell. Now, before Christ died for our sins and he descended into hell, you know, to take the keys and free those that were down there. The definition was shoal, meaning the grave. In other words, the abode of the dead at the time. Now, back in those days before Christ died for our sins, when, I guess you'd say believers or, because they weren't called Christians, in, but I guess believers or followers, when they died, they did not go instantly to heaven. Instead, the dead both went to the same place, but however, there was a partition where you had the unsaved dead or the unbelieving dead on one side. And then you had the other side, which was known as either paradise or Abraham's bosom. Now, paradise no longer exists. In other words, Abraham's bosom, kind of like per se, I'm sure his bosom exists in, in heaven, but I mean, as to what they used to call it, no longer exists in Shoal. So now at this point, the only person down in Shoal or hell at this point are those who are unsaved, those who have died without Jesus Christ, the wicked. They are down there. And before Christ died, they could not enter into heaven. But once Christ died and he rose, he was able to take those that were down there and shoal to heaven. So in references like that, hell, meaning shoal, is in reference to when both the saved or the, 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 the children of God versus the non-children of God when they were housed in Shoal. And since that no longer exists where believers die and go to that place anymore, then instead they go directly to heaven because of what Christ did on the cross. So now that abode is entirely separate for the non-believing and the wicked uh, and, 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 and them demons. Now, there are some people that believe, you know, once you have died, that um, you'll be reincarnated, all this kind of craziness. The Bible does not tell us this. Okay. And clearly, if there was no hell, then why would the book of Revelation tell us when the time comes that death and hell will be tossed into the lake of fire. And also on the day of judgment, hell will give up. It's dead. So those who are in hell right now, their spirits are in hell. Of course, their bodies are no longer in existence, but their souls are in hell. They, along with the believers, will be giving they will be given earthly bodies once again to stand before the Lord. Now, 
those who are not saved, who died without Christ and whose names will not be found written in the Lamb's book of life, of course, they will go on to judgment. And of course, the believers, we will stand before God to receive our rewards if we have any. So here is a few points on what the lake of fire is. The lake of fire is the final judgment. And also, those that will be tossed into it will be conscious and bodily. So in other words, they're still conscious and they will remain conscious and they will have a body that will burn eternally. The lake of fire is also known as the second death. And the second death is eternal. And of course, there is no hope. So if you or whoever lands into hell, that's it. The next stop for you is judgment and then the lake of fire. And of course, there is no get out of jail card in hell or the lake of fire. The lake of fire is also the place where those who have died without Christ and are currently in hell awaiting their final judgment and sentence. And those who will be cast into the lake of fire will not be extinct. They will stand before the living God at the white throne judgment, like I said before, as believers, of course, we will stand before him to receive our rewards for our work that was done here upon the face of of the earth. We will be given our rewards according to the work that we have done. And of course, the unbelievers will stand before him for judgment. The lake of fire is also referred to as the burning lake of fire of sulfur and brimstone. The New Testament uses six terms to describe the consequences that are often associated with the word hell. One, Hades, Tartarus, Gehenna, the outer darkness, the lake of fire, and of course, the eternal punishment. Now, Hades is a temporary holding place of the dead until the final judgment, of which we call hell. Then you have Tartarus, a dark holding place for the fallen angels and possibly is the region of Hades where the unrighteous are held in agony and torture as they await their final judgment. Then we have Gehenna, and the outer world, which are cultural illustrations that describe the shame-filled, bitter, sorrowful experience that a believer in Jesus Christ can experience at his or her judgment if they have been unfaithful and they have not repented at the time of death. So in other words, a backslider, someone who knew the Lord at one point in time and may have straight away, God forbid, something happened to them and they were not able to repent. They will also experience this. But for those who have repented or who have died in Christ will not experience this. And then we have, of course, the lake of fire, the final destination for Satan and his angels. This is where those whose names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life. And then last but not least, we have the eternal punishment and the lake of fire where the devil, the beast and the false prophet, along with the unbelievers who will be condemned to fire and sulfur eternally. Now scriptures where the lake of fire can be found is in Revelation 19, 20. 
I'm going to read a few of those scriptures. So just give me a second. Let me just pull up my blue letter Bible app as soon as I can get it open. I do apologize. Okay, so also another scripture is Revelation 20 verses 10, as well as verse 14 to 15, as well as Revelation 21 verses 8. So as I'm waiting for this to come up, I swear everything I have just worked slow. Lord, help me. The phone is slow. The computer is slow. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. So Revelation 19, verse 20. Okay. And I, can, I'm, I will be reading from the King James Version. And it reads, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that he had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire with burning brimstone. Let me just read this real quickly also in the New King James Version. And it reads, Then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who worked, excuse me, those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So now we have Revelation 20, verse 10. And it reads... Let me just highlight this real quick so I could see it better. Yes. So reading from the New King James Version, it reads, The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And then we have verse 14, which reads, Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is known as the second death. Verse 15 reads, And anyone that found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And then we have Revelation 21 verses 8. And it reads, Once again, reading from... I'm going to read both the King James and the New King James Version. Starting with the King James, it reads, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The New King James reads, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable murderers, sexual, immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So the next one up is eternal fire. Now, eternal fire, scriptures pertaining to that can be found in Matthew 18, verses 8. And it reads, and this is now Jesus is the one who is speaking. And this is what he had to say. He says here, reading from the King James Version, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. He said, It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. 
I'm going to read that in the New King James Version because maybe some people might not be able to understand some of the terms. And this is what it says. He says, and this is Jesus speaking. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. Now, the next one that this scripture is also, um, the next scripture that the word eternal fire is featured in is Matthew 25 verses 41. And it reads, reading from the King James, then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now this is Jesus who is speaking. New King James Version, then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And now hell, which is next scripture for that is Mark nine verses 47 to 48. 47. Okay. And once again, this is Jesus also speaking and it reads reading from the King James version. And if then I offended thee, Pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. 48. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Now let me read that from the New King James Version. Once again, this is Jesus who is speaking. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And now the next word up, which is eternal destruction. And the scripture for that can be found in 2 Thessalonians 1 from verse 8 to 9. Okay. Reading from the King James Version, it reads, And flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? I'm not going to read it from the New King James Version because it basically says the same thing. And then the last one, which is furnace of fire, is the scripture for that is Matthew 13, verse 42. Okay. And once again, this is Jesus speaking. And it says, I'm going to read it from the New King James because it says the same thing as the New King James, as the King James Version. I'm sorry. And it reads, And will cast them into, well, let me start reading from 41 instead. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So those were those scriptures there. And the majority of those scriptures, especially, well, minus second Thessalonians, the rest of them, it was Jesus who was speaking. Now, in the same manner as believers 
as we will receive our different rewards based on our work and of course our deeds at the white throne judgment, unbelievers will receive different punishments based on what they have done. So just like we will receive different levels of rewards as believers for the work that we have done here on the face of this earth pertaining to God's kingdom, the same way also the non-believers, when they stand before God on the day of judgment at the white throne judgment, they too will also receive different levels of punishment based on what they have done. Now, someone who might have died without Christ, yes, they, are, they go to hell, but they won't receive the same type of punishment or level of punishment as Hitler. Let's put it that way. But one thing's for sure. They both go to hell. They both stand before God during the white throne judgment, and they are both cast into the lake of fire. They both will suffer the second death. Now, as far as our rewards, I'm going to read a few scriptures. I'm um, starting with Matthew 1 verses 24. One. Okay, here we go. Matthew 1 verses 24 reads, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. Okay, I think, I think something's not correct there. I probably recorded that incorrectly. So I do apologize. So that was definitely not the right scripture. Now, the next one it says here is John 19, verse 11. Let's see what it says. Okay. John 19, verse 11 reads, Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. So in other words, this is kind of like based on the different levels of sin. Now, in reference to what this particular scripture is saying, once again, let me just read it real quickly from the New King James Version. It says, you, this is Jesus speaking. He's answering. And he says here, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. So in other words, unless God gave power, they could not do anything to him. And this is what he says. He says, therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. So in other words, even though Jesus had been handed over to be crucified. And of course, those that did crucify him, they are guilty. But what he's saying here is the one who delivered him to them has the greater sin. And of course, we all know who that was. And it was none other than Judas Iscariot. Now, the next scripture is 1 Corinthians, Corinthians, what is it? 3 verses 8. Let's see what that one says. Okay. Reading from the King James Version first, and then I will follow up by the New King James Version. The King James Version reads, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. New King James Version. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor labor. 
And then we have 1 Corinthians 4, verses 5, that reads, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. Then shall every man have praise in God. And we have 2 Corinthians 5.10. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 10. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 5 verses 10. Reading from the King James Version first, he says here, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. The New King James Version reads, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Okay, so that's that. Now, according to an article that was written by Christianity.com, some believers will have lesser punishment than others, which we kind of read before in the part where Jesus talked about that they would have no power over him unless God, if God had not given it, given them the power to have over him. In other words, they would not be able to do anything unless God allowed it, which we know God did allow it for our sakes in order for our sins. You know, he allowed Christ to be sacrificed. So in other words, what Jesus was saying is, yes, they are guilty, those that did crucify him, but the one who handed him over, in other words, the betrayer is the one that is even more guilty. So, of course, he will receive an even greater punishment. And, of course, there, there are different levels of punishment. But one thing for sure, either way, they will still spend eternity in the lake of fire, along with Satan, the false prophet, the beast, and Satan's demons. Now, here are some tips that we can use in order to be, to avoid being cast into hell and the lake of fire. Because if once you end up in hell, forget it. Your next stop is judgment, then the lake of fire. So the key is not really trying to avoid the lake of fire, but really avoid hell. Because the lake of fire does not come until after hell. So if you are able to avoid hell, that also helps you to escape the lake of fire, which is the second death or final judgment. One, if we are not saved or, you know, if someone is not saved, they can start by confessing their sins and repenting and asking the Lord Jesus Christ to come into their hearts and to forgive them and to accept him as their personal Lord and Savior. Number two, it doesn't stop after we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Some people feel that that's just it. We also still have a work that we need to do. And what we need to do, we must then continue to seek the Lord and to develop, to continue developing a personal relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, which dwells within us. And of course, there are various ways that we can do this. We can do this through prayer, reading and studying the word of God and applying it to our lives and to our walk daily 
by being an example and following Christ. Three, praying for others, including those who hate us and who spitefully use us because the Bible tells us this. And of course, at times, let's be real. It is not easy at all. Like we say back home, easy. But easy or not, the Bible tells us this is what we have to do. And this is what we have to do. We have to forgive them. And we still have to pray for them. Nobody say you got to be their friend or in their space or anything like that. But we do have to forgive them and allow God to get a chance to do what he needs to do. Whatever it is going to be, depending on them and their actions and their attitudes. You know, whether they come to Christ or not. But either way, he's the final judge. Four. Allowing God to use us for his kingdom, for his honor, and for his glory. Not for our own gratification or for us to be seen or anything like that. It always has to point back to God and his kingdom, his son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, or the word. It has to go back to the father. In whatever form you choose, whether it's, you know, the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, it should never be about us. And however way he chooses to use us, it should always be for his honor, for his glory, and for his praise. In whatever way, form, or capacity, be it big or small. Next. We must at all times keep our eyes and our lives focused and anchored on Christ Jesus. So that, of course, we do not sink like Peter did when he took his eyes off of Christ while he was walking on water. And sometimes we do take our eyes off because we're still human beings. But the key is we have to examine ourselves daily. And once we realize that our eyes are not where they're supposed to be, we need to get those eyes back in alignment as to where they need to be. So that's the key. It's a daily walk. It's not a one-time thing. It's a daily, daily walk until the day God calls us home. Next, live a life that is set apart for the kingdom of God. The next, prepare daily to meet the Lord, whether it be through death or as we await the coming of Christ, which would be the rapture. Not everybody is going to go via rapture. Some will go before the rapture. But either way, you want to know if you got to go before the rapture, you want to know you're going with Christ. And if it's not before the rapture, when Christ comes to get the church, you want to make sure that you are on the right side to go with the Lord. Because, yeah, I ain't trying to be left behind here. Life is as hard as it is. At times, it seems like I live in hell. But trust me, it is nothing compared to the real hell. So each day, I try my best to examine myself daily. Because, yeah, I too need it. I'm not obsolete. We ought to also walk blamelessly before the Lord our God. And of course, when we have fallen short, because yes, we do, including my very own self, it is extremely important that we repent. We dust ourselves off, get back up, get back in line and continue following the Lord as we continue to grow closer and closer stronger and stronger. And also we must always remember to place him first and foremost in our lives and in everything we say or do. We must always also give him all thanks, all honor and all praises, no matter the situation, no matter. And at times, 
You know, we are, as believers, true believers, we are often faced with many trials, challenges, and tribulations. Some days we are pressed. I said pressed on all sides. But either way, we are to thank him, praise him, and give him all glory. Because that doesn't change the fact that he still is God and that he he is able. He is able. We are not going through anything that is different than what the saints of the Bible did back in those days. And quite frankly, a lot of them went through far worse than what some of us are going through. But either way, the believer, the true believer, we are often faced with many trials and tribulations. But of course, like Isaiah 54 says, that no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And that every tongue that rise up against you in judgment, it shall be condemned in the name of Jesus. Next, put away all unrighteousness. And last, but definitely not the least, and definitely not one of the most easiest, we have to get to a place where we learn to forgive those who have wronged us. It is not always easy. And at times, it does not always come immediately. But it's something you have to work on with the help of God and be honest and said, Lord, I am struggling X, Y, and Z. I'm struggling to forgive this person. I know I'm supposed to forgive, but I'm struggling because you know it hurts what this person has done to me. So I'm going to need you to help me. And just take his hand and he will help you. And like I said, it, it might not come one, two, three, depending on the level. And of course, the severity of whatever it is that happened. But either way, we have to get to that place of forgiveness with the help of God. Through his son, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. However, we are also not to be a fool. Forgiveness does not excuse the person from what they have done. Forgiveness is for us in order to set us free from bondage and, you know, end up, you know, losing our souls because we didn't forgive somebody and then only to find yourself in hell. And then the person later on comes to repentance in heaven and near you down in hell. We don't need that. So you forgive the person. Now, how you choose to move with the person, that's between you and the Lord because some relationships you know they're eternally severed unfortunately it is it is what it is i mean a great example let's look at david and king saul every time david forgave saul and the lord showed me this back in 2017 i'm like how am i how, how do i do this lord am i supposed to go back and he gave me the example of david he said look how many times David forgave Saul. David could have even killed Saul, but he refused to touch God's anointed. He decided to leave Saul for God. He still respected Saul despite everything. And he forgave him. But the Lord also showed me, he said, you notice he never went back with him because had he gone back, believe me, Saul would have killed him. Because even those, every time Saul would cry out and Lord, son, forgive me. But notice every time he got the chance, he would always strike to kill him. Not because you have forgiven someone means that the person has changed. Sometimes people never change because they choose not to change. Sometimes they do. And sometimes whatever it is, you just can't, you just can't connect back together. So you just have to forgive Wish them well and just move forward with the Lord. And that's it. And God forbid, if a time comes where you have to still end up at some point giving this same individual a cup of water or a plate of food like we said back home, still do it. Still do it. Because that's going to be part of your rewards. But I, um, I'm going to say something like I remember I heard a pastor say many years ago, um, Pastor um, Dexter Skeppel. He said, yeah, you feed them. 
He said, but tell them, keep the plate, the, the fork, the spoon, and the cup. In other words, don't give them back. They need food, feed them. Ah, don't worry, you keep the plate, keep the fork, keep the spoon, keep the cup, everything. Feed them. Because there'll be coals of fire on their head. Feed them. And it also shows them that your heart is not like theirs. And sometimes, in situations like that, sometimes they do change. And other times they don't. But either way, you have gotten your reward. But it's for me, if it's not sickness, hunger, or death, I wish you well, I forgive you, and I move forward. If there's no reason for me and you to be in the same, mm -mm. and if we have to be, I'm going to be respectful and politeful, you know, polite to you because it's what you're supposed to do. But that's as far as it goes. But if I still see that you need help and I can help you, I will help you as long as God allows me to help you. And it depends on how he wants me to help you. Because oftentimes, you know, we like to choose how we want to help. Sometimes helping someone is just, Father God, save that person. So yeah. So that is the end of this episode, basically, and the end of this mini-series, which is entitled Hell. Is it real? Of course, you had part one, which is hell. And now this is part two, which is the lake of fire. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, please help us all in the areas where we are weak and where we might be struggling. Help us and strengthen us and keep our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our souls on the path of righteousness so that we do not miss the way that leads to everlasting life and end up on the road of death that leads to eternal punishment and destruction. In Jesus' name, amen. So up next is the quote of the episode. And the episode's quote is, Faith does not eliminate questions. But faith knows where to take them. And that's by none other than the late Elizabeth Elliot, who was the widow of the late missionary Jim Elliot. Once again, faith does not eliminate questions, but faith knows where to take them. Like oftentimes people would say, don't question, don't, you're human. The key is where you take your questions to, take them to the Lord. Where do you take your pain to? Take it to the Lord. Take it, whatever it is, your unforgiveness, your bitterness, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. Help me. Take it to the Lord. Hopefully, by the grace of God, I hope that you didn't, well, I hope that you did get something out of this mini-series entitled, Hell, Is It Real? And yes, it is. Hopefully, by the grace of God, I will be able to bring to you, hopefully I'll be able to bring it the next episode, I hope. Because sometimes my schedule is, ooh, it's a lot. It, it's a lot. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. The research is never a lot because, yeah, well, it is a lot. But um, as far as getting the research done, that's never a problem. It's after I get the research done because sometimes it is just so much information and then I have to try to gather it and type it up and get it organized in a way that I can present it. And that at times can be tough. And then I have to, of course, record it. And then I have to edit it and then I have to upload it and then get back on the wheel and do it all over again. In addition to working, you know, taking care of your home, running errands, etc., etc., cooking, laundry, etc., etc. Yeah, it's a full life. But to God be all honor and glory. So, yeah, I do hope and pray that I'm able to bring it to you in the next episode. I'm, I'm praying for some strength here, Lord. I think it's, I think it's either one or two parts. 
I can't remember. It's either one or between one to three parts. I'm not sure. I can't remember right now. But I have already, you know, did the groundwork. So all that needs to be done is really, it needs to be recorded. But I can't remember if it's two or three parts. But either way, by the time I hit the first episode, you'll know. But yeah, it's going to be another mini series. And it is going to be some piping hot tea. Listen, as the world turns, General Hospital and any of those well-known soap operas do not have anything on what I am about to bring to you the next episode. Listen, when I was doing the research, I believe that was in 2020. I believe it was 2020. When I was doing the research for the Easter episode where my former pastor was featured on the first part of it, um, the meaning of Easter, the true meaning of Easter. I was doing my own research as, as well because I wanted to also ask some questions. And let me tell you the stuff that I uncovered, oh my goodness, it left me with in shock that I would walk around my apartment and my mouth would be just hanging open, my two eyes just popping out like, uh-huh. Woo, listen, this is not much different. It's same, same, same reaction. And I definitely enjoyed doing basically this character study. Um, this is actually a character study. I'm not going to share who it is. So you got to stay tuned um, to really know who it is. But it's going to be some hot tea. Okay. It's going to be some hot tea. And there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from it, because God knows I was learning <laughs> as I was doing the research for this um, particular series that is coming up, hopefully next. I also have a lot of episodes, of course, in the back can that, yeah, I still have to do. And like I said, this is no cake walk in the park, but, you know, trust me. But nevertheless, I still give God thanks for choosing me and for giving me the opportunity to be able to serve as part of his kingdom, you know, and for his honor and for his glory. So in due season, I will get around to getting it done. So hopefully if everything can run as smooth as I would like it to, most likely it'll be released sometime next week. So once again, I'd like to take some time out once again to say thank you to each and every one of you who have stuck with me this far. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I pray that this episode, this podcast, this series has been a blessing to you. And if this episode, this podcast, or this series has been a blessing to you, please feel free to share it with others. Remember, the gospel is free. Please feel free to subscribe to the Words of Encouragement podcast on iTunes.com, Spreaker.com, Podomatic. It also can be found on Google Podcasts, CastBox, Player FM, Podacy, Podtail, Deezer, and of course, Amazon. And you can also feel free to like, share, subscribe on either one of the above mentioned platforms. Also, please feel free to check out my other podcast, which is entitled the Nuggets of Thankfulness podcast. And actually, I was doing a series on that. And I have one more part of the walk series that needed to be completed. I think I haven't recorded an episode on that like in two or maybe even three months. Yeah, because um, emotionally, I just was not there at the point. And I don't want to just put out something to say I'm putting something out. And I really was not, I wasn't there emotionally. Um, you know, like I said, I'm still going through that phase of, yeah, um, you know, going through the phase of whatever I had to deal with last year. So at times it, it comes, it, it comes, you know, you have history with a person. Um, it doesn't just vanish despite everything. So yeah, at times it comes. So yeah, but yes, I am doing much better by the grace of God, but yeah, there's some days it comes and some days when it comes, it comes and I just deal with it. So, yes, yeah, so hopefully we'll see. Maybe I can get that episode out on the Nuggets of Thankfulness. Maybe sometime this week, God's willing. 
and just knock that out of the ballpark. But yeah, if you want, you can go ahead and you can check out that podcast, which is the Nuggets of Thankfulness podcast, which is a devotional audio, also featured on Spreaker.com, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere that podcast can be heard. And of course, including Amazon. And once again, I look forward to being with you on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I do hope and pray that you be blessed. And remember that as long as there is life, it is never too late to accept Christ. But remember, the key word is life. In order to accept Christ, you have to have life. You can't do it after your life is gone. Once you have passed from here and you do not have Christ, well, then your next destination is going to be hell, unfortunately. And then the white throne judgment. And then your final destination will be the lake of fire. So in order to avoid hell and the lake of fire, let us start by accepting Jesus Christ, if you have not done so yet, as your personal Lord and Savior. You can never go wrong. Be blessed, and I will see you in the next episode.